Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear would inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. Resurrection Sunday is a big deal. It's a big deal. So this morning, I want to talk to you this morning about a new me, a new me. So um, I want you to close your eyes and we're going to pray this morning as I get into God's word. I hope you have something to write with or take some notes because I'm going to go through uh, some scriptures with you that I want you to hold dear to your heart as we read this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the most amazing gift given to all humanity, your son, Jesus Christ, to pay our debt in full. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the new life that we have in Jesus. Father, I pray, Lord, that we may all be receptive to your word this morning for those that are watching and listening online as well, Lord. Father, we just pray that your presence Your presence, Lord, fills and moves about, Lord, wherever this message is being heard and watched this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. So all around the world today, Christians of all walks and beliefs are commemorating the coming back from the dead of Jesus after being in the tomb after his gruesome death three days before. Now, this event in the Christian world is called the resurrection or Easter. We're not going to get hung up on what to call the day. We're not going to get hung up on that. And many Christians feel one way, others feel another way. We're not going to get hung up on that, all right? But I know well that many churches are going to go in a traditional direction this morning during this time of the year and what they're going to cover from the platform down. But I really felt led in my heart to go in a different direction. This is why the songs that we were singing this morning uh, uh, were just a tad bit different, a tad bit different. But I wanted you to grasp the content of what we're going to talk, and I wanted it to start with our worship. As believers, the cross has become the emblem of our faith. As believers, the cross has become the emblem of our faith, rightfully so. No one is going to be able to argue or to negate the significance of what happened at the cross to identify with as Christians. But, somebody say but. But the cross without the resurrection would be half the story. It would be an incomplete narrative. So you can't have one without the other. And unfortunately, we have many movements that will leave one or the other, or maybe pay an emphasis to one over the other. You cannot separate the empty tomb from the cross. Did you get that? All right. So the fact that over 2,000 years later, there hasn't been a single piece of evidence has been found to counter the claim that Jesus' resurrection wasn't an elaborate hoax by his disciples is quite encouraging for us 
as believers. If you're a believer, Resurrection Sunday should be an encouragement for you. And why does this matter to us as Christians? I want to read quickly as I have a lot of scriptures that I want you to read with me this morning. And some people say, Pastor, man, just give us three scriptures on Sundays. That'll be enough. I'm like, no, you don't read at home, so at least we'll do it in church. So I want you to go with me to Luke chapter 18. <laughs> Listen, this is why this stuff is good news. Are you ready? Luke 18, 31 to 33. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans. He will be mocked. He will be treated shamefully, spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him. But on the third day, he will, he will, he will what? He will what? In this statement alone, in this statement alone, and this is Jesus, Jesus is making seven predictions, seven predictions that he fulfilled all in this scripture alone. If you want to pay your respects to Islam's prophet Muhammad, you could go visit the burial place. It's there. If you want to go pay your respects to the Buddha, his ashes were preserved and divided into eight parts and they exist in places called stupas. But when it comes to Jesus, there is no trace. There is no place to go and visit to pay your respects. Even the empty tombs that are in Israel that claim to be potential sites, they cannot be authenticated. In 2007, I was blessed to be able to go to Israel with a group of pastors, and we visited two potential sites. They were potential sites. They couldn't be authenticated as the burial place. See, Jesus did not come to die and leave us a shrine or a place that we would make a religious pilgrimage to. Jesus didn't come to earth to do that. What did he come to do? Let's read Luke 24 verses 1 through 7 quickly. But very early on, on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. So they went in, they went in, but they didn't find, I'm sorry, but uh, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. Next. As they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them clothed in dazzling robes like James Brown. And, you know, I always think about the dazzling robes and I'm thinking, really, you had to add that little detail in there? Like it was bedazzled? All right. So the women were terrified and they bowed with their faces to the ground. Then the men asked, listen to the question. Why are you looking? Why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? Next, he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Then he said, remember what he told you back in Galilee, that the son of man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and that he would rise again 
on the third day. Somebody should clap for that. His coming back from the dead is vital to our faith as Christians because Jesus didn't only say that he'd come back from the dead after the third day. Listen, but he said this as well, and this should matter to you, especially during this time, especially during the times that we are living, especially during the pandemic. Listen to what Jesus said. Next, Jesus said, I am the resurrection. Who's the resurrection? Who's the resurrection? Listen, listen. Today is not about a holiday. Today is about Jesus. Listen, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone, anyone, come on, say that with me. Who believes in me will what? Will live even after dying. Listen, again, everyone who lives in me and believes in me will will never ever good one person got that this is the hope to speak to your children about this is the hope that differentiates our faith from others listen Christians don't die Jesus' resurrection is another earmark in a timeline that's set in place by God for all humanity. Paul calls our faith without a resurrection, he calls it useless. Let's read what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15, verse 17 to 22. He said, and if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is what? It's what? Listen. If you don't have the resurrection, then our faith is useless. And you are still guilty of your sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are what? They're lost. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be what? Pitied than anyone in the world. Next. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest listen Christ is the first of a of a what he is the first of a what of a great harvest of all who have died so you see just as death came into the world through a man now the resurrection from the dead has 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 it's already begun It's already begun. Listen, I don't know how many of those loved ones in your life have been Christians, have been telling you about Jesus, and they're no longer around. Listen, don't pity. Don't feel sorry. Listen, the resurrection has already begun. That's good news. His resurrection, however, should give us more and more of a reason to celebrate and meditate on this daily because his resurrection is the ultimate assault on all powers in every sphere. 
Listen, enough of being a Christian that only comes to church on Sundays. And you come with a heart and a spirit of pity, hoping that God will be generous with you and that maybe he will be favorable with you. Listen, enough of that. You have to understand what the resurrection, what the cross, what the burial means for you and me. Because of the resurrection, you and me have been born into a new life. Somebody say new life. Come on, somebody say it nice and loud. New life. One more time. What? Yes. This new life that I'm born into provides me with a supernatural power over sin and death. Are you following? Are you following? All right, don't lie to me if you're not. If you're not following with me, don't lie. All right, something can happen from the heavens. But being born into a new life is our hope as Christians. When we give our lives over to Jesus, and I want the young folks listening because you missed this. This is not about mom's tradition. This is not about grandmom's tradition. This is about an opportunity of hope to live by. Are you guys listening? Being born into a new life is our hope as Christians. When we give our lives over to Jesus as Christians, the resurrection then promises us a new life that begins right now. Somebody say right now. Where does it begin? Where does it begin? All right. Very good. Very good. See, Jessica, that's how you get people to follow you. It was was real hard to follow. One, two, two, three, one. It was like people just didn't know where to go. But... But we're going to give, get you up here more and more so that they can. <laughs> People didn't know what to do. They were like, well, do I say one? Do I say three? Do I say, well, where do I go? All right. All right. So to say new life. You see that? New life. <laughs> now, this is important. This is important. Listen, this is important as Christians because God, if you could write this down somewhere or make a note of it, Seriously, make a note of it. God uses your birth, not your behavior, to define who you are. Let me say that again. God uses your birth, not your behavior, to define who you are. Wives, enough of looking at your husband. (laughs) Husbands, enough of looking at the wife. And listen, in living in guilt as Christians, God does not use, listen, your behavior to define who you are. He uses your birth. This is important to Christians. Is that a stimulus cry? <laughs> That's a. <laughs> Listen, the resurrection expunges. It expunges your original birth nature. As a, as, as, a, as, a sinful, as a sinful individual, as a sinful individual, you were detached from God's sight and presence from the time of your birth. You're tainted, considered 
contaminated by a sinful nature. There is an origin of sin that we have all been born into as a result of the disobedience of Adam and Eve. But that sin nature that we were born into made us dead in the eyes and the presence of God. But the resurrection, say, but the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus then changes your genetics and makes you alive. Listen, you were once dead in sin, but because of Jesus on the cross, because of Jesus absent from the tomb, your genetics have been altered and you are now alive. You should celebrate that. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 to 10. Guys, I'm going to read quick. So the guys with the AV, you want to follow quickly with me? Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin. Did you hear that? You used to live in sin, just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. You got to stop fighting with your neighbor. You got to stop fighting with that co-worker. There is a spirit that is moving about in those people if they're not if they're non-Christians. Are you getting that? Yeah. All right. So behind, and I'm not talking about the mom-in-law, your father-in-law. All right. But behind, listen, behind every non-believer, there is a spirit that's moving about. So now let's keep let's keep reading this. Uh by your very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Continue. But God is so rich in mercy. He is what? He is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life. When? When did he give us life? When did he give us life? When he raised Christ from the dead. Listen, that's why the resurrection matters so much. Listen. Go back. <laughs> Can't get ahead of me. <laughs> it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Let me say that again. Hold on. Go back, guys. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Let me say it again. It is only by God's grace that you've been saved. Not your behavior. God's grace. Did you get that? Did you get that? Continue now. Go. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. He raised us from the dead along with Christ. And he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God, guys, go back. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. Now, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. You can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. What is it? What is it? What is it? It is a gift. It's not a reward. It is a gift. Salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Salvation is not a reward so that none of us 
and boast about it. It is a gift. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. Listen, you have been given a new life in Jesus. And, and, and as you have been given this new life in Jesus, everything about your past is gone. Listen, some of you should clap for that one. The cross takes your sin away and then it nails it right there at the cross as a public record to all of the spirit adversaries that they should see that your sins past, present, and future have been noted, they have been dealt with. Jesus' burial then serves as a reminder that he buries that sin and remembers it no more. But the resurrection affords us all a new life that is immune to the consequences of sin and perpetual death. That is good news. Now listen to this. Now this doesn't mean that we will no longer sin. All right, this doesn't mean that we're no longer going to sin. We're going to sin all the time. All the time. But that as children of God, the resurrection makes my sin as if it didn't exist. Hmm. Sin is still very alive in us, all around us. But Jesus, somebody say, but Jesus, he takes the power a way that sin used to have over us and now Jesus through Jesus and because of Jesus we all have a new life say a new life and it doesn't suffer the consequences of sin nor the consequences of perpetual death Colossians chapter 2 says this verse 13 to 15 you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then, somebody say then. God made you what? God made you what? He made you what? Can I hear this section over here? God made you what? He made you alive with Christ for he forgave some of your sins. Some. Just, just the democratic ones. <laughs> he forgives all of our sins you know there are many people here today that can't lift their heads into the heavens because they feel unworthy and God says no my son no you have no sin that is greater than that empty tomb Let me keep reading. Continue. He canceled the record of the charges against us. And he took it away by what? Nailing it to the cross. In this way, he did what? He what? He what? He disarmed the spiritual rulers and the authorities. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Is there another scripture after that one? No. No, no, go back. 
Now, you do not need to live a life in fear over spiritual adversity. There are many people that fear the devil and all of his cohorts. They, they, fear, they, they fear in constant spiritual warfare. Constant spiritual warfare. The Bible says that these enemies have already been disarmed. And they're not disarmed because you pray hard. They don't, they, they're not disarmed because you pray long. They're, they're, not, they're, not dis, they're not disarmed for anything that you do. They are disarmed because of what he's already done. So you don't need to live a life of fear of spiritual principalities, rulers, governors. They're already disarmed. They exist, but they are disarmed. Are, are you listening to that? Do you get that? They exist, but they're what? They're disarmed. That's good news, guys. That changes the way you go to work. It, it changes the way you sleep at night. It, it changes the way you see adversity. When you understand that all of those spiritual uh, 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 spirits that are, that are trying to war against you are disarmed, victory is yours. Listen, you too are a champion. You too are a champion. The greatest thing about this is that in this, he fights the battle and gives you the victory. I love that. Jesus, listen, the resurrection is a work for you and me. Just like the cross is. The resurrection changes your birth nature. It changes your origin. It changes your genetics. And it makes you victorious. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 15. But thank God. But what? But what? Not the pastor. Not the church. Not the, not the denomination. Not the, not, the, not the prophet. Not the apostle. Not the evangelist. Listen. Thank what? Thank what? Thank God that he gives us what? Victory over sin and death and he does it through who the death and resurrection of Christ is an end to the dominating power called sin and death sinful nature and death and this all will cause us to live life in fear always a fear of failing a fear of not being good enough a fear of not being perfect enough a fear about our past hasn't yet been dealt with or forgiven fully. Guys, that is a lie from the enemy. Listen, that is a lie from the enemy. I don't know what you did in the past, but listen, you're not that. You're not that. You're not he. You're not she. You are a new creation. So... Sinful nature gives us a sense of unworthiness. It gives us the sense that reality of death or mortality is eternal for us. It robs us of joy and it robs us of peace. The devil had and has no power over you. 
If you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, let me hear you make some noise. If. That power over you was conquered and the victory has been accredited to you. He's abolished the power of fear and, and, and death. And now you can live truly free. I want to read these last verses as I wrap up this morning and get you to hurry up and go home with your bunny. I want to read these scriptures out of Romans chapter 6, verses 6. Are you taking notes this morning? I really hope that you're taking notes and that you can go home and read through these scriptures over and over and over and over so that I don't have to sit on the phone and, and remind you of who you are as a child of God. Listen, we know that our old sinful selves were what? It's done. Somebody say it's done. Crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. Are you hearing that? We are no longer slaves to sin. For when we died with Christ, we were what? Set free from the power of sin. And since we died with Christ, we know we will also live with him. Keep on. We are sure of this because Christ was raised from the dead and he will never die again. Death no longer has any power over him. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now, somebody say, but now. Come on, say it nice and loud. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. The last one. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus, through Christ Jesus. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnote.org. See you next time.